0: The MLB draft starts this Sunday. Who are some of the prospects that might creep into the first round? And who are some of the teams that have extra picks to take them? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sweeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sweeper app, use promo code Locked On, you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Talking about Sleepers, looking at some guys that have a chance to creep up into the first round based on uh, whether the prospect apparatus has been really excited about them now that the season's concluded, or in one of these guys' instances, having a big showing in Omaha at the College World Series. And the first guy, Outfielder Chase Davis of the University of Arizona. Really interesting career path, and it just has absolutely had a phenomenal year this year as far as fixing some of the flaws that he had. So in 2023, Chase Davis, 57 games in college, 362, 489, 742 slugging, 21 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 43 walks to 40 strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. Some of the reason why he is rated so high is he has he's always had really good power, but again, I, I mentioned the strides with the hit tool. So uh, he's cut his chase rate significantly. Uh, I want to say, and then he's, made, he's making a lot more contact. So his swing and miss has gone down by over 10, percent and he's gotten to be a lot more selective at the plate. So his in zone contact rate, 88%, much better. His average exit velocity. He is one of three college hitters since 2018 to have a strikeout to walk ratio below one. So he walks more often than he strikes out. And his 90th percentile exit velocity is 108 miles an hour one of three players in college since 2018 to do that uh when you kind of look like his his 14.3 percent strikeout percentage it is lower than dylan cruz it is lower than wyatt langford and so if you're not picking at the very top of the first round and you're not going to get one of two those two guys you can get a guy that has a lot of these similar tools especially to a guy like a Wyatt Langford, you can get him in the back part of the first round. A lot of boards have him somewhere around 30, 35, things like that. So there's a question about uh, will he last to the compensatory round? You may have to commit some extra money if you don't have a pick in like the teens, but I like him to jump up into the teens in this draft. Now, defensively, the profile is probably a corner uh, probably a corner defender he has a he, uh, he's been playing left field in Arizona but big arm I'd give it probably a 70 grade just massive arm the speed is average to you know to possibly a little bit below average depending on how it works out and so he's not gonna he didn't steal any bases last year he's not gonna be a burner on the base paths but he's gonna put balls over the fence and ultimately if you hit a home run you don't really actually have to do that much running so yeah that's just a jog around the bases So I like Chase Davis. I like the ability to get 95% of what Wyatt Langford is, but get him 15 picks later. With the understanding, not everybody necessarily uh, is bought in. He had a 68% contact rate the first two years of his career. And so like you had legitimate swing and miss questions. It's been this final year in Arizona that he's fixed a lot of that. And so, again, I like him. Not everybody's sold, but look for him to jump up into the middle of the first round. Right-hand pitcher Ty Floyd of LSU is another guy who should probably, who's going to end up jumping up possibly as close as the first round. We see this every year with some pitcher that goes absolutely nuts in Omaha uh, and and. brings themselves into a top-pitching prospect in the draft. Last year, it was Cade Horton of Oklahoma who went nuclear. Uh, Ty Floyd had himself a very good College World Series. So on the year, 19 appearances, 17 games for LSU, 7-0 record, and one save, 4-3-5 ERA in 91 innings pitched, 120 strikeouts, so 11.9 per nine, to thirty seven walks, 3.7 per nine. Uh, In the College World Series, made two starts. First one was against Wake Forest. He goes five innings, two hits, two runs, four walks, 10 strikeouts on 97 pitches. So 59 of those were strikes. Turns right around and makes a start against Florida on MLB rest. Not on the standard one week, but on MLB rest against Florida. Goes eight innings with five hits, three runs, One walk and 17 strikeouts on 122 pitches, 89 strikes. 122 pitches on Major League rest from his previous start. I'm not saying he can do that every time, but Ty Floyd showed something in Omaha. And the thing that's helped him a lot this year is he's gotten away from just being kind of a a one-trick pony. Last year, he threw his fastball more than eighty one percent of the time. now it's a very good fastball. averages ninety five. He can run it up to ninety eight to ninety nine. It gets like nineteen inches of induced vertical break up in the zone so he can get tons of swings and misses with it. That's a very, very good pitch. Don't get me wrong. Uh, this year, he it came down to just under seventy percent. He did a much better job. He has both a slider and a curveball. Sliders in the low 80s, curveballs in the upper 70s. And I think they have the potential to be average. He also has a changeup in the low 80s that's really just like a tool against lefties. But when he threw it, it was pretty good. 44% swing and miss. Again, it really worked only against lefties though. But he lowered the fastball usage down to 70%. If you're a team that can develop really good secondaries, Ty Floyd's a guy you could take maybe sooner than everybody else is thinking that he could go. I've seen a lot of boards have him in the 70s, places like that. You could take him in the compensatory round early in the second, build him some secondaries, get that change up a little bit better, and figure out of the slider and the curveball, how do we adjust it to make it work? And you've got a guy who could absolutely destroy for you. Third guy, kind of real quick here, Walker Martin. Prep shortstop. Uh, I, I like what he does a lot. Very good athlete. Little bit older than most prep players. And so I don't think he's going to be like a top. He probably would have been a top 15 pick if not for the fact that, uh, that he's already passed his 18th birthday. But was a was starting quarterback in high school. Three straight sh- state championships. Also played basketball. Led the team in scoring and in rebounding his junior season before he didn't play his senior year. And then in his uh, in his senior year, 636 batting average, 722 on base, 1632 slugging with 20 home runs. He looks like he's going to be a, or he profiles to be a plus hitter with plus power, plus speed, and uh, very good contact ability. He's a true shortstop who should be able to stick at shortstop. Very good athlete. He's the kind of shortstop that is drafted high and doesn't make it to college like there's a reason college shortstops typically aren't as good as prep shortstops at the top of the draft and it's because the really good prep shortstops never make it to college Walker Martin's a guy that should never make it to college but fantastic guy in just a minute let's talk about some of like who is picking where in this draft the size of the draft pools kind of how some of this works we'll get to that next right here unlocked on, on MLB prospects But first, today's episode is brought to you by our new friends at Sleeper. Are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy baseball? Because I am. What I love about this is uh, they have different projections, picks, things like that. You can go more or less. Like, for instance, uh, if you think Vlad Guerrero is going to hit a home run tonight or Shohei Otani is going to strike out more than you know six projected batters, you go in there, you can play you can select that and uh, and and make your your wager and the great thing about sleeper what i love about this is you can get up to 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball they have a 100 times payout on eight pick contests you pick eight players that you like select more or less on the your favorite stats home runs strikeouts hits whatever it might be you get your picks right you can absolutely win big there's a built-in group chat functionality on the app so you and your friends you can share uh you can see and copy your friends pics. you guys can talk about them you can make an entry in 30 seconds or less and the withdrawals are safe and fast so use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a 100 match on your first deposit now terms and conditions do apply see sleepers terms of use for details but they are currently operational in over 30 states and given a $100 match on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Check out Sleeper today. Okay, so looking at the MLB draft and quick primer for those of you who aren't as familiar with the with the uh the MLB draft as you need to be. The top of the draft this year is not set solely by record. We had a draft lottery where the worst year record was you were entered for a chance to have the number one overall pick. And we had some winners and some losers in there. The worst record last year was the 55 and 107 Washington Nationals. They're picking second. The second worst record, 60 and 102, was the Oakland A's. They lost the lottery. They are picking sixth. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are picking first. They went 62 and 100. They have the number one overall pick. The actual order here, Pirates, Nationals, Detroit Tigers at three, Texas Rangers at four, Minnesota Twins at five, Oakland A's at six. We've talked to our friends from the Pirates, the Nationals, and the Rangers on the show. Uh, the hard part about this draft, it is it is a five-player draft. That Tier 1 is Five players, so that number six team, (laughs) Oakland, unless somebody up front significantly zigs where everybody else thinks they're going to zag, they are going to be left out. You have Paul Skeens, right-hand pitcher from LSU. You have Dylan Cruz, outfielder from LSU. You have Wyatt Langford, the outfielder from Florida. And two prep outfielders, Walker Jenkins from North Carolina and Max Clark from Indiana. Those are the consensus top five guys. If you uh, if you are sitting at number six and you're Oakland, you're hoping one of those teams ahead of you does something wild and takes somebody out of that group so you get those guys. But a uh, reminder on how this works, every pick in the top 10 rounds is assigned a slot value. That's the designated dollar value, the recommended signing bonus for that selection. You are welcome to go over or under slot to either save money or uh pay extra to convince a player to sign in lieu of going to college or going back to college or whatever. But your bonus pool amount does not change unless you don't sign somebody. The your uh all your picks in the top 10 rounds, the slot values of all of those add together to give you the total bonus pool amount and your signings have to stay within 5% of that upper limit or else you get penalized in the future. Now uh, because the picks at the very top of the draft are so huge, I want to say the, the, the slot value of the number one overall pick is 9.7 million for the Pirates. Uh, the value of the second pick for the Nationals is 8.998 million. For the Tigers, it's like 8.3. For the Rangers, it's 7.7. The Twins are 7.1. Like, it it drops significantly. But because of that, the total size of the pools are kind of skewed the pirates have the largest draft pool at 16.2 million dollars that's rounded it's not the exact figure obviously tigers second at 15.7 nationals at 14.5 twins at 14.3 it doesn't always exactly line up with the draft order because you may have extra selections or you may have lost selections and the two teams that stand out in this the seattle mariners have a $13.17 million pool. It is the seventh largest pool, despite the fact that their first pick is at 22. We'll get to that in a minute, how they have extra picks. At the same time, the Texas Rangers, their pool is $9.9 million, despite the fact that they are picking at number four. And it's because they only have two picks in the first four rounds. And again, we'll get to that. In just a minute. Now, the reminder here if your player does not sign and they are in the top 10 rounds, you lose the dollar value of that slot from your pool. Now, MLB will make it up to you. They will give you a pick next year that is one spot behind where your pick was this year. So, if the Texas Rangers do not sign the guy they take at number four, They will lose that money, that number four slot money, which again, $7.7 million. They will lose that from their pool. Now, next year, they would get the fifth overall pick to make up for this one. But in the meantime, that would definitely be difficult. So there's that. Now, with the MLB Draft Combine, uh, players were able to submit their medicals. We're gonna call this the Kumar Rocker Rule. Players were able to submit their medicals if they submitted their medicals and were selected in the draft uh you know they did that pre-draft physical they submitted their medicals um if they are a top 300 player they are guaranteed 75 percent of the assigned pick value so if you submit to a physical you go through the physical All the teams have access to that stuff. If they then select you and say that they are concerned about some sort of medical issue because you submitted to the physical, you're guaranteed to get at least 75% of the value. In essence, they are required to offer you 75% of the slot value. Something to watch for. It's going to be a little bit of an adventure in uh, in the 11th round because any bonus under $150,000 doesn't count against your pool. Only the amount you spend over $150,000 counts against your pool. But also, you don't lose any money if a guy in the 11th round or later does not sign. That, uh, those are no assigned slot values. You do not lose money. And so typically what you will see, you will see college seniors with little leverage. They will be, Rounds five or six through ten, they get significantly less in slot value. I've seen some guys get like five grand or ten grand or fifty grand or whatever. And then you're gonna they're gonna save some of that money for high schoolers that they can turn around in the eleventh round or later and give them I've seen guys make one and a half million dollars. And and it's it's a this the MLB draft more so than any other sport. Uh, major sports draft is about how much money does it take for this player to sign because how much leverage do they have, whether it's college, going to college, going back to college, whatever it might be. In just a minute, there are some teams that have a lot more as far as draft picks and a lot less as far as draft picks, and why teams have lost draft picks. We'll get to that next, right here, Unlocked on, on MLB Prospects. Yes, welcome back in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. We're wrapping up this entire week with the MLB draft. Uh, after this, we have our mock draft coming up. We're going to do a last minute news and notes. Also, I'll be doing some live streams for Bleacher Report on Friday, answering questions before the draft, as well as Monday, talking about farm systems and their new talent levels after the draft. We'll get that co- that information over to you so you guys can hop in there, ask questions, and watch that as well. Now, I'm Seattle has three additional picks, or has three picks early. They have their standard number 22 overall pick. They get an extra pick at number 29. That's the prospect promotion incentive pick that they have gotten for Julio Rodriguez winning Rookie of the Year in the American League last year. They also have a competitive balance pick at number 30. That's an extra pick that the 10 smallest uh Markets or revenue pools; those teams get an additional pick at the end of either the first or second round. Uh, if you're in the first round one year, you're in the second round next year. So the so Seattle, 22, 29, and 30. They really have an opportunity to make a giant impact. We spent a whole segment talking about this. It'll be up here if you're on YouTube. I'll have it linked up here in the corner. Go ahead and click on that. You can watch the the segment where we talked about some of the things they might be able to do with that money. Now, uh, some teams have lost picks, and some teams have lost multiple picks, and then some teams have had their picks moved down. The New York Mets' first pick went from 22 to 32 because they exceeded the, the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax threshold, by more than $40 million. Los Angeles Dodgers, same situation. Their first pick is at 36. But also, the qualifying offer means some teams have gotten or lost picks in the first couple rounds there are by my count there are eight teams who have lost picks because they signed a player that had a qualifying offer the way the qualifying offer works it's a one-year deal Uh, this year it was 17.9 million dollars it's the mean salary of the top of the highest paid 125 players 125 players in baseball Uh, now the rules for that the player could never have gotten a qualifying offer before and they had to spend the entire season on your roster. If you trade for them at midseason, they were not eligible for a qualifying offer, but Los Angeles Dodgers were smart. When they got Trey Turner, they got Trey Turner in, in 2021. He spent all of 22 on their roster, so when he went to the Phillies, they got a pick for him. I'll get to that in a second. Now, uh... If you offer a guy a qualifying offer, he meets both those conditions, you offer him a qualifying offer, and he does not take it, he rejects it. That means that any team that signs that player forfeits a draft pick. Now, there are multiple tiers of how you forfeit these picks. Tier one, if you are a revenue sharing recipient, you forfeit your third highest pick. So first round picks are never forfeited. You forfeit your third highest pick. If you sign a second qualifying offer player, you would then forfeit your fourth round pick or your, your fourth highest pick. So you give up a third and a fourth. If you do not get revenue sharing and you were not in the luxury tax, then if you sign uh, one qualifying offer player, you lose your second highest pick and five hundred thousand dollars from your international bonus pool. If you lose, if you sign a second player who had a qualifying offer you then also lose your third highest pick and another $500,000 in international pool money. So up to a million dollars in international pool money and your second and third highest picks. I don't know if any team's ever signed three qualifying offer players. I'm sure there's a thing out there for what would happen. I just don't think it's happened yet. Uh, The third one, if you are in the luxury tax, then it is a rather punitive uh, thing here you lose your second and fifth highest draft picks and a million dollars in pool money if you sign one qualifying offer player if you sign a second qualifying offer player you also lose your third and sixth highest picks so you could lose your second your third your fifth and your sixth highest picks only having two picks in the first 4 or 5 rounds now the teams that have lost players and the or lost picks and the teams that have gained picks. The Los Angeles Angels lost a pick for signing Tyler Anderson. The Los Angeles Dodgers got that pick. It's number 136. The Blue Jays lost a pick for signing Chris Bassett. They lost a second rounder. The New York Mets got that. It's pick number 135. Uh the the St. Louis Cardinals, Wilson Contreras, the catcher, had a qualifying offer. So they lost a pick. The Chicago Cubs got that. It is in uh, this it is the supp- supplemental part of the second round, pick number 68. Uh, the Yankees lost a second rounder and a fifth rounder for signing Carlos Rodon. The San Francisco Giants got that pick. It's in the second round supp- the, the, the supplemental part of the second round, pick number 69. The Cubs lost a pick, a second round pick for signing Danesby Swanson. The Atlanta Braves get that. It's pick number 70 in the supplemental part of the second round. The Rangers lost twice. They lost their second rounder and their third rounder because they signed Jacob DeGrom and they signed Nathan Ivaldi. So Boston gets a pick at 133 for Nathan Ivaldi, and the Mets get a pick at 134 for Jacob DeGrom. Uh, the Phillies, I already mentioned this, but Trey Turner, they lost, they lost a second and a fifth rounder for Trey Turner. So the Dodgers got picked 137 for him. And then Xander Bogart's going to the Padres because of their... Uh, they're in the luxury tax. They lost a second and a fifth rounder for that. Boston got a fourth round compensatory pick, pick number 132 for him leaving. So when you look at how some of this is structured now, you see some of these teams have a lot of picks and some of these teams don't have a ton of picks. Uh, And it's just, it's all about, it's not just the players that you sign. Like for me, Uh, Xander Bogarts was probably worth it. Uh, Carlos Rodon, you thought he was going to be worth it. The health hasn't necessarily mattered. But like for the Angels, was Tyler Anderson worth losing a second round pick, especially given how quickly the Angels have been able to get their draft picks to MLB? I don't necessarily know if that uh, did work out or if that was the right decision. Really interesting kind of calculus you have to take when you do when you figure out who to extend a qualifying offer to, and very few players who are offered a qualifying offer actually take it. I think Jock Peterson did this year by the Giants. He may have been the only player that signed his qualifying offer and stayed with his team. If there's more, put him in the show note, or put him in the comments on YouTube. Let me know. Uh, reminder: We've got a mock draft coming up this uh, rest of this week. We're going to split it in two episodes. It's going to be long. They always are. And then we are going live on Sunday night for the MLB draft. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell so you're notified when we go live so you can watch along with us as we see who's taken where. In the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor league.